Hey there, passengers. Normal voice Greg here, coming in to say thanks for bearing with us with this unplanned hiatus. I was being honest, this was kind of a, a, a catastrophic episode where a lot of things went wrong with some damaged audio and missing audio. It was a, a huge hassle. But then on top of that, life kind of got in the way. Not like a crazy amount of bad things. I'm uh, just in my day job, started returning to the office at uh, first two days a week, but then that was a, a bit much. So uh, they put us down to one day a week. So that kind of cut into my energy and some of my, uh, my time. And then it's the summertime. So there were some good things like seeing people, taking trips. On top of that, I was recording some like voiceover stuff and doing other sort of podcast work. Not Gorgon Show, which which came out while we were like hiatusing that, that I'd done a while ago. But a voice acting podcast that will be out. <sighs> that combined with like the the drain of energy and the uh, the extra work that this episode was demanding, all the uh, stress, you know, both good and bad kind, just made it slow going. Then the state of the world did that charity stream for the abortion funds. Thankfully, I can tell you for sure that the next episode is uh, not so horribly damaged and will not be so horribly delayed. And and the wild confluence of horrible world events and sudden increased work stress and voice acting and stuff, that that perfect storm is not set to happen anytime soon. Uh, although I will be working this summer, the Renaissance Fair, which cut into my time historically, but nothing so grievous as this. Thank you so much for those of you who are listening, who uh, stuck with us. And hey, for those of you who were not caught up when we were uh, slow going, and for you, this is just a normal episode, uh, you're welcome. I bet you're like, oh, I can I can, I can, can catch up to this podcast, and that's because <laughs> we took a big unplanned hiatus. Oh my gosh. And now I'm going to transition into uh, content warnings, uh, just because I feel like this bears some like preamble. See the description for like timestamps and like proper details. But this episode is Hannah's character, Andrel, around the time of her 14th birthday, and we kind of always wanted to do a thing with Andrew's character, uh, maybe introducing a little bit of a romantic feelings to sort of show she's going through puberty a little bit in a way that Hannah finds comfortable, erring more on the side of like blushing intensely rather than any sort of like graphic description. And on top of that, to save time, since we also had to do some plot stuff, I wanted to make a lot of the jobs have like a central location. So then I saw the side jobs that were picked distillery, bouncer, forge, and I came up with a really good pun for like a blacksmith bar, quench your thirst. Every bartender is like a sexy blacksmith. And so in this case, shirtlessness, regardless of gender. At first I talked to Hannah, I was like, yeah, what would you feel about this? And then I talked to all the players, we just all, all talked it out, like, what would you be comfortable with? Well, nothing sexual is going to happen to like your characters, unless you're like cool with it. Definitely nothing sexual is going to happen to Andrel, but the nudity will be there. It's at the end of the episode, uh, exact timestamp in the description. On top of that, there is a, a brief moment of uh, an NPC getting sexually harassed. We kind of joke about it and debrief about it later, about how this isn't our usual style. But um, I do think there's a place for uh, a podcast and a game getting a little sexy. And to see if that is a place you can go or want to go, even as a joke, just talk to people about it. I, I talked to the players about it so they knew going in. I'm talking to you, listener, so you know about it going in. And now... After that lengthy preamble, uh, I'll let my radio-voiced counterpart set the scene for you. The Severosi city of Coalfield is uncharacteristically dark, as the pride of Duskwall passes through the city's lightning barrier. A shortage of lightning oil has led to the hardships of electrical rationing. Here at the most western point of His Majesty's Imperium, 
The renegade Holman Ganatra's train robberies have begun to slowly drain the life from Caulfield. And most shockingly, the Immortal Emperor has taken no action to stop him. By his own admission, Ganatra seeks to challenge his majesty, and, at least in Caulfield's, he appears to be winning. Even the pride of Duskwall could only escape the outlaw's grip by his kinship with Drix. As the prideful locomotive ambles into the station, the train's meager delivery will amount to merely a drop in the city's now empty bucket. Recording. Recording. No one's gonna harmonize with you, Stefan. E- bite me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome to Ghosts on a Train. It's a podcast where we're feeling snappy today. <laughs> no one was gonna harmonize with him. It wasn't gonna happen. Stop trying to make harmonies happen. <laughs> Anyway, look like a Glee character. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I'm your conductor, Greg. I run the game. This is a podcast we play Ghost Lines in RPG by John Harper. That's what I'm conducting. Ghost Lines in RPG by John Harper. You're doing great. You're doing you great. Sure you are conducting a harmony. No, no harmonies. <laughs> Hannah hates singing. Don't you know? I hate singing. And what I'm else? Hannah and I hate singing. <laughs> Hannah is actually the mayor of that town from Footloose. (laughs) Very punchy. I am Hannah. I play Andrew Anderson, 14-year-old girl with finally That's right, baby. Uh, This episode is a very special episode of Ghosts on a Train in that uh, (laughs) Andrew Anderson is 14 now. Yay! I mean, we're going to do other shit. (laughs) But, But we'll get to that. That's the most important one, though. Let's go. I'm Guy. I play Pip. Pip doesn't have anything special going on today, but I just wanted to let you all know that I've been sending a friend pictures of orchestra conductors because he needs them as references for drawing a wizard. True facts. That's fair, actually. Feels like your friend should be able to Google his own pictures of orchestra conductors, but I agree with the underlying premise that they are good references for wizards. They should, but yeah, I was listening to like a production of like a uh, Beethoven and the Eggment Overture, so I was like, I'll just get screenshots anyway. Speaking of wizards. Speaking of wizards. Stefan, that's your cue. <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, is that supposed to be me? The person who's You're not a, a wizard? wizard? Clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly never been a wizard, not even a little bit. And not harmonizing. <laughs> this is what we get for not, not harmonizing. Alright. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Stefan. I play Drix, who uh, <laughs> pleads the fifth. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. That's an intro. The Pride of Duskwall, that's the train that these three brave lion bulls protect. And protect it, they just did. At this very moment, when I'm talking to you, the Pride of Duskwall is entering the lightning barrier, protecting the Severosi city of Coalfields. It is the most western spot of the Imperium, and... The crew and passengers have just been beset by one Coleman Kanatcher, a Severosi magician outlaw with Dagger Isles blood in him and unscrupulous methods 
of using the now finite human magic in the world. Is he also a a model for Cowboys Monthly? Well, he would be, but he is a criminal. (laughs) Understandable. (laughs) But he's hot. That's what Guy wants to know. Can't stress enough how hot. Is he hot? Listen, Coleman Knatcher is Blasian. It's canon. Oh my god. He's Severosi, which we have been like, black people are Severosi. And now we have confirmation Mm -hmm. that people from the Dagger Isles, well, at least the inspiration for them is from a variety of Southeast Asian cultures. So he's Blasian. So he's uh, he's our thirst bait, thirst bait character. Yeah, we don't we don't need any more. Um, nobody yep. else is hot. Yep. No, every every NPC that is added from this point out is also a thirst bait character unless they are under the age of eighteen. That's that's the <laughs> I rule. I think that's fair. I guess it's all kids from that here out, huh? It's all kids from here on out. Speaking of kids, the gaggle of unaccompanied minors exit the train. Every single passenger was saved by the heroics of the line bulls. Miraculously. Miraculously. And while they were all certainly very strange characters, (laughs) the creepy child with the uh, lifeless eyes and horrifying teeth and tongue uh, retrieves uh, his reverse penny farthing bicycle from the freight car (laughs) with no problems. uh, And he um, Do they also sort of like as they're going just like lick one eyeball like a lizard? Sure. I think in one moment, when Angel sees as the, the folks are leaving, and he leans forward on his reverse penny farthing, there's a fly buzzing near him. His eyes follow the fly, and uh, there's a, a puff of smoke from the train as it's like stopping, and as the, the smoke passes by, he's uh, licking his lips and the fly is gone, but you didn't see anything happen. You know, culpable deniability. <laughs> it's fascinating. Yeah, and the other kids leave. Can uh... <laughs> <laughs> the other kids get the fuck out? But um, the most pressing thing here for the crew of the Pride of Duskwall, as they get their chits and stash. And Candace assures them that she is uh, writing them in for a journeyman promotion. While no ghosts were directly faced, she wrote out that this is uh, a worthy substitute for the five remaining spirits to be cleared in order for you all to become journeymen. Woo! And she explains that, uh, I've already contacted Mr. Walker. He's, he's not too far behind. We're just going to have to spend a little bit of time here in Caulfield's. Don't do anything crazy, because I don't want you guys getting hurt. You you did a great job. I, I think we had quite enough crazy in our previous- What are you talking about, Pip? We were extremely normal in Thorn. We didn't do anything weird. Listen, all I'm saying is nothing good ever comes out of a dry town. <laughs> all right, you know what? I feel like the longer you guys talk about this in front of me, the more I'm going to learn things. Yeah, let's- And, let's... and when we were leaving Thorn, I very specifically didn't want to know. I just, It's all good. They serve warm root beer. Warm root beer. Can- Candace, <laughs> just walk away. Just it's It's better for you if you just walk away. Yeah, thanks for the chits, Candace. We're going to go. Candace walks away. Everybody's leaving the train. Uh, Trevor is outside by the locomotive, and you see, well, what you thought was just him being weird and goofy and trying to look like he was checking the locomotive. It's it's a routine he often does, but he does with more concern this time as he's sort of rubbing and patting different parts of the front of the locomotive. Due to the discoveries of the previous line, you perhaps have a little more context, as now you know that the marvel of the Pride of Duskwall, a mostly autonomous train is less of a marvel than perhaps you thought or at least in a different direction as the locomotive itself is a whole body for trevor's deceased father i can't believe that on ghosts on a train 
the train is the ghost. The train is the ghost. I'm not going to lie. Patrons and maybe eventually other people, uh, probably eventually other people, will be able to hear the train builds. And that is exactly what I thought when I put the do not open closet. This was in my head from the beginning. Yeah. Fantastic. That's super impressive, actually. (laughs) I mean, it was so good. Especially when Guy was like, it's like automatic. And I was like, ooh. You know it'd be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Trains a guy. Trains a guy. The ultimate ghost on the ultimate train. Yeah. Um, yeah. Trevor is like gently looking over the locomotive and sees you. Waves meekly. Uh, Drix waves back. I stare back, unblinking. Pip cannot focus in any one direction where he's looking just very bleary eyed, like vaguely staring. Trevor, at first you see he starts to wilt under the gaze, and then he um, steals himself, inhales, and he walks over. Hey, guys. Uh, <clears throat> hey, hey, listen. I need you to not go spreading what, what you saw, okay? I'm really appreciative that you were able to you were able to stop Drix and, and, and Coleman from getting my dad, Andrew. I'm sorry that I had to keep that from you. Because it's very important that people don't know the situation over there. Why? I mean, I get for normal people, but the people who work on the train that is apparently a guy? You guys are lied bulls. You're like, probably the best part of the Imperium that most people interact with. That's terrifying. Yeah, I know. It's, I, listen, it's abysmal, but like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm also technically an Imperial employee and like I know that people don't love interacting with me like the interaction people have with me is me calling all aboard when they're like all the way across the station and that means they can miss their train uh, so they hate me they hate my ass but what you do that's so good is you protect people from ghosts and well when I tried to put my dad in the whole body I thought I'd keep him in a bottle because we had them around and I didn't want him to start drinking people And it kind of messed him up. And now he's not all there. Like I told you, and you you saw, he like, he recognizes me. And he, I I know he still loves me. And he knows to move the train when I ask him to. But if, if he were like a hull, then he could be like an employee or something. But the way he is, he's, well, you saw how people acted when Gafo was on the train. Yeah, I seem to recall you yelling at us about that. I was telling you not to put him in a bottle. You were yelling at us before the bottle thing came up. Because sometimes I feel like it might be better if I didn't do it to him. This is all he is now. He's just a train, just a train that I... Oh. Oh, God. I don't... I, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm sorry. I got a Oh Trevor, come, come here. Come here. It's, it's okay. It's it's okay. Uh, uh, Trevor, it's 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 fine. I swear, it's it's okay. I am too sober for this interaction. Look, Trevor, it's it's not a huge deal. I mean, it is a huge deal. This is wild, but it's you know. We, we... I can't believe you're making this kind of a scene on someone else's birthday. Uh, it's someone's birthday? I mean, it's um, <gasps> it's my birthday soon. Um, Happy birthday, Astral. I'm so sorry that okay. I've got to put this on your shoulders when you're only 14. Uh, please stop crying. 
Um, okay. This whole place is fucked. I hate it here. Yeah. I hate it here. No, it's not good. <laughs> we live in a garbage world and I'm a garbage man. It's okay. Everybody's a garbage man. He's a little bit of a garbage man. Not a garbage world. You're not a garbage man. A it's, little... Look, you did everything you could for your dad. You didn't know what you were doing. It's it's all right. I mean, look, it's not all right, but we've kept secrets from you. You've kept secrets from us. I We can probably call it even, right? Yeah, I just... You guys are really great, and I didn't know if I could trust you, because light bulbs, they kind of come and go. You know, I, I've i been working on this trade for a while, and I've seen I've seen sets come and pairs go, and I, I some of you guys go really hard, but I don't know. These past months have been really great. Okay, there, there. Good, good Trevor. Oh, it's, it's fucked up that you gotta do this for me, Andrew. Oh, here, here. He, he starts okay. to give you it's a big okay. old hug. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no, you don't have to do that. That's, uh, you know what? You know what? You'll take my latrine cleaning duty for the next month and we'll call it even. Oh, you know, cleaning that trade toilet kind of sucks. It because, does. like, the trade electrofield just vaporizes any of the waste that gets in it, so you just end up when people miss. That's yep. all you're cleaning up when it's people miss. It's pretty bad. How do you miss? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I've seen kids in the orphanage do it, but... Oh no, it was all kids. It was all kids this line. What? Yeah, but they're fine. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. Take care of it. Okay, have fun. Bye. Oh, hold, hold on. This is mm-hmm. this is kind of a, a sideline, but Greg, what's the? Do we know Strangford's first name? <laughs> so here's the thing, Lord. <laughs> we don't. We can we can come up with it right now if you want, because Lord Strangford <laughs> is based upon the Minister of Preservation from the Broken Spire uh, score from Blades in the Dark, and he's just listed as Lord Strangford. All right, all right. And just like how Crowl is just listed as Crowl, can the it spy. be Lord? I think that would be really funny. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Sure. All right. <clears throat> Hold on. Clean yourself up. And Pip hands Trevor a well-worn, kind of aged handkerchief. The letters of LS are emblazoned on it. The the bottom corner. Love that shit. He dabs some some tears with it. It blows his nose. He heads out. Okay, that was the worst interaction I've had since Jamie was on the train. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, um... You, you sure that... Well, I, I guess you didn't have anything to tell you about your exact moment of death, so... Yeah, yeah. that's Oh, fair. well, you know what? The the clergymen from the that came on when Hecla was here were pretty bad. You know, they sucked. This is the worst interaction I've had since that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might be worse because we know we have to interact with him again. That's true. And I'll put three chits down right now that he, he breaks out again. Maybe not the next time we see him, but the time after that for sure. And I don't think anyone will bet against me. You know what? I bet it'll, t- I bet it'll take more than two lines. It feels like, like it's going to happen when something really big is going on. I... <sighs> Andrew thinks he's going to break out in the finale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's definitely gonna happen. Call shot by Hannah. <laughs> um, Call shot by Hannah. Uh, I, I think I was just 
being unclear. I was saying that like Trevor's gonna just like start weeping and just bawling. Oh, I thought you meant the within, dad like, was the gonna break out the season. train. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, whatever. Before we move on to uh, Physiker, you guys can get your journeyman gifts now. We're gonna do them before uh, Mr. Walker shows up. That way uh, they can help your rolls over this layover. And uh, anything else that might come up before Walker uh, arrives. So we've got Akros and Iruvia? No, you've got Akros, Iruvia, and Severos. That was why you held off for yes. so goddamn long. Yeah, dear listeners, that's why I held off on giving the players ghosts and instead gave them stuff like clergymen and mermaids. Because I wanted the level up to be kind of within the rules where you need to do three different jobs within a lands to be able to claim the gifts. So now all of the line bulls can pick from Akros, Iruvia, or Severos for their journeyman gift. Hey, Greg, question. Yeah. What's the exchange rate from stash to favor real quick? Oh, uh, exchange rate for stash to favor? I think four makes sense. When you do a job, you either get one favor or two stash. So therefore, to make it like a loss and not like an even exchange, we could just do... Does that make sense? Four to, um... Four to one? That works. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do an exchange at the end, because, um, I did remember what the other thing I wanted to get was, and it wasn't the strength thing, but that is super useful, so I kind of, I'm kind of like, ah, crap, I needed another custom gear. <laughs> oh, but I, I have my gift if every, if no one else has chosen theirs yet. I do too. I, I know what mine is. Okay, how about you introduce your gifts, everybody? I'll go with shrewd or uh, sharp. Actually, I'll take a plus one insight. Bringing you to one insight. <laughs> Great. I am going to go for shrewd. The familiar accuracy gift that Pip has, where he's going to get plus one shit per line. I'm the only one not making bank, which is, I guess, fine because I'm fourteen. That you are. Oh, well, I also like usually pick anchor stuff. So that doesn't hurt for Pip. Uh, cruel, actually. Cruel, the Severosi gift. If my harm is at nine or higher, then I get a plus one to my rolls. Nine o'clock is the third segment. So you're considered at whatever the highest section is. There's only six sections. There's only six sections. The first section goes to three o'clock. Second section goes to six o'clock. Third section goes to nine o'clock. So once Pip has three harm or more, it's got a plus one to everything. Which is really good. <laughs> Very good. Especially because I take the hits. How many chits did we get last job? It wouldn't be any ghosts cleared. Line rating times level. These are chits earned. So two. And then Anchor, of course, gets one plus level for hazard pay. I think that's all the uh, business. Pip. The city of Coldfields, you learn, is currently dealing with some sort of shortage of lightning oil, of which your train has been very, uh, it's been a boon, but it's definitely not enough. So as a result, a lot of the streets, if they are lit, are lit by gas lamp to help preserve what lightning oil there is for the lightning barrier. So it's a, it's a dark journey to the Physiker's Hut. Once you crack the door open, it's like you leave that world behind as you enter a sterile room. With sweet-smelling air, so there's herbs hanging all about from the ceiling, moss growing on the walls, and uh, stuff brewing. Not just kidding, you know, I gotta say potions, nunctions, and lotions. Um, I got something for you today. You're gonna have to retrieve it, though. So, 
hast thou brought it to me, or is thou about to point it out to me? Oh, sure. Uh, I figured you, you could probably do something with it. Well, all right, uh, pretty, uh, re- render it onto me, friends, and I'll check that, um, <laughs> whoa! Yeah, whatever happened here. So, it's a long story. The physiker is a very tall person in a black surgeon's getup, not a speck of skin, visible. Black gloves, black boots, black pants, everything black, except for a um, plague doctor mask in white with red goggles, and they are um, over your shoulder, Pip, while you speak uh, very carefully. They are rooting about, picking pieces of metal from the anchor suit that were sort of smashed into your flesh when the bullet struck you and shattered against the heavy suit. Oh my... So it turns out he's keeping his dad in the train. So it's like, we've been fighting ghosts the whole time. And it turns out the train is also a ghost. That is most interesting. I, I just don't get why he's like, you know, he's still considered the conductor when he hasn't actually been like conducting anything. He's, he's just kind of been like, all right, Pop, let's, let's get you out of the, uh, the retirement. But all does seem like a, a pretty sweet gig. A cushy job. Uh, bite down on this. Uh, this is gonna sting. The physiker uh, disinfects the wound. Oh boy. <laughs> As the physiker disinfects the wound with a bit of gauze, they pull the gauze away, and your flesh has returned from where it was missing, with red cross marks dotting the, the points of entry for the bits of metal. Hast thou resolved to uh, perhaps uh, blow up this young man's spot, as the youth say? Hey, I, I don't know. Listen, he's honestly, I'm upset. You know, we, we can't pick co-workers, really. Boys, this is this just small potatoes in the, the grand scheme of things. Maybe it's just like if he starts balling one more time. <sighs> I understand. I understand. I even gave him a lot in Pocket Square, which was a gift, which was a... I'm going to need that back for it. That's an awkward situation. Yeah, it so is. Now, if you, you excuse me, I am going to go to the first bar that I have been to in, like, two weeks, which is too long. Oh, forget not, I hear that it's Angel's 14th birthday, and as she is of drinking age, you should buy her a drink. Right? It's still 14? I'm not sure if that's the case in Severus, but it's certainly that way in Acris. I've got something, something fun planned. I'll pick out the spot they got some rum cake, so I figure he knows. Oh, have fun. Uh, fairly well. Yeah, he's, uh, see you old, old, uh, I don't know if I had a nickname for you, but see you. Angela is calling me Carrie. Ah, is is it with a C? I th- I thought it was with a K first too. Oh, all right. Is is there any reason for it? Or it would take too long just... to explain. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, cheers, mate. <laughs> you exit, Andrew. You enter the physicist's hut. This time without Jiminy, unlike the last two times, yes. which is great. Among the sweet sterile air, among the potions, unctions, and lotions that are brewing, there is also what appears to be something else brewing. Something smells different. That is because I have used my own keen insight to tell that it is your 14th year. What? How did you know that? I've studied your body. Weird way of putting 
saying that. I know how old everybody is. Okay. I mean, technically, I've, it's been my 14th year for a while. It's just that this is my birthday. They stop for a moment. Dang, no. I, I was... How could I... What? Oh, Rats! Hey. I was so close. No, all right. No, no, no. It's- no, it's all right. No, no. You've you've bested me. What? You've bested me this time, but I shall I shall study and hit the books. I I did not mean for this to be some kind of thing. Anyway, did you have a present for me? I like presents. Yes, I do. It is a mug cake. Oh. Yeah, I uh, I only really have like vessels here for like <laughs> potions and unctions and lotions. Yeah, yeah. So I couldn't make you a cake in the oven, but here's a little it's it's cake probably. I don't even know where you got the ingredients for this. A physiker motions towards a patch of wall that doesn't have any moss in it. Huh. All right. Well, I will try some. Do you have a I you probably don't have a spoon. I'll just tear off a bit of it. Okay, be careful. Uh, be careful. Oh, why? I don't mean to alarm you, as it seems you've already wrapped something around it, but, uh, you have been shot? Oh, yeah, I have been shot. All right. Thou should be very careful. Yeah. these things. All right. Yeah. I, I'm doing my best. All right. I'll take care of this. You use the, the other, the other arm, the other side. Yeah, thank you. The mud cake is great. Mmm, yep. The moss is slightly, uh, psychoactive, I think. Oh, well, this is gonna be weird then. Oh, it's gotten weird in here for centuries. Okay, well, I'm 14, so so this will be fun. I've never done psychoactive drugs before. I said mildly, don't be a weenie. Uh, okay, wow. All right, I gotta do names. Carietta. <laughs> Isn't that what carry is short for? I don't actually know what carry is short for. I thought that was just usually the whole name. Huh, colder, I think. Okay, I'm trying to work out number of syllables. Carly. Ooh, warmer. Carlin. Oh, that's hot. Get it? Getting hot, I say. Really? Okay, Carlin. We'll go with Carlin for now. That's so exciting. That's not it. Wait, is with it? A, with a K, right? Yes, with a K. <laughs> All right, Carlin. Thank you for the cake and for fixing my bullet wound. Yes, yes, thou art healed. Good job. It went clean through. It would have been a bitch to pull out. Oh, well, have fun with Drix then. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, Mr. Fizz. Hey there, Patrick. Colburn. Yeah, burn's the operative word today, ain't it? (laughs) What happened? Did you perhaps... Oh, the train guy! <laughs> McKeel told me about the train guy. There's a guy inside of your train. And he's made of the train. No, no, the train's made of him. <laughs> I know, I know. He got you. All right, yes. Yeah, yeah, he got me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit's for sure. Definitely second in a couple of third degree burns. Yeah. Oh, they don't hurt that bad. Oh, really? No, they hurt a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm I'm trying to be strong here. Just <laughs> I got you. I got you. Here, here. Eat some moss. Uh, okay. It'll relax you. I uh, I do have a little bit of advice I needed to ask you for, Mister Fizz. Sure, sure. Keep keep talking. Keep talking. And the visitor is like applying a lotion to you, <laughs> a lotion that you've seen brewing for these past months. You and Cross Dava, right? You 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 used to you know. Run together. You were kind of a, you're kind of a crew, if you will. Yes, I was Cross's sire. 
meaning I am the one who uh, conducted the ritual which saw Krastava's spirit inhabit the body that he now lives in, or unlives in, yeah? Uh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you, you, you guys were kind of like uh, com- companions, or, or maybe maybe even like family, you know? Like that? Verily, like uh, myself and Andrew. Okay, so were, were there ever times when you hid things from Cross? <laughs> I suppose sometimes, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've been alive for uh, some centuries before I even met Cross living. I didn't reveal my true nature until uh, Cross's illness took a turn. It was the only way to spare him. God, I totally forgot you give him the Colin backstory. <laughs> just, yeah, just... <laughs> Cross Dava, Edward Colin. It's the same guy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Do you think it hurt Cross when you didn't tell Cross everything at first? Do you think I should tell Andrew things? I think it always hurts when something is hidden. But if if it is something that your ward doesn't think to ask, that ends up a little more excusable, I think. Hmm. She asks a lot of questions. <laughs> oh yes, that's true. Andrew is very nosy. kind of her thing. <laughs> I'm gonna bust this thing wide open! <laughs> I can almost hear her uh, mystery solving from here. <laughs> what troubles you? What do you What do you need to reveal? We could do a little role play. I can pretend to be, to be Andrew. Uh, no. The Fissiger finishes up the lotion and the crosses are starting to form on you. The Fissiger sits opposite you. Hello! It's me! It's me! I'm an orphan! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Andrew. It's Drix. Yes. If I had a father, I hope he'd be like you and not dead. <laughs> oh my god. You really do a spot-on impression, don't you? <laughs> Andrew, uh, well, we're here in my hometown, and the, uh, you know, you're getting older, and... Maybe, maybe, uh, 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 maybe I haven't been entirely forthright about whether or not, whether or not I am, uh, hmm, what's the word for it, uh, magically inclined. (laughs) Sounds! Art thou a magician? Don't tell anyone, Mr. Fizz. I know I can trust you, but... Uh, Of course, I hardly tell anybody anything. (laughs) I reminded Pippin that it was Andrew's 14th birthday. Oh, yeah. I wonder what Pippin has planned. There's this thing that, like, my family used to do out here. Hold up, hold up. Magician thing. I want to focus on that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Magic? Are you talking pre-cataclysm stuff? We talk- Oh, of course! You know, you're Severosi. I suppose it makes sense. It's strange to see uh, a Severosi magician take up the badge, so I suppose every Severosi person that I met here wouldn't have uh, been inclined. But yes, of course, your people have kept the, the arcane ways uh, b- before the cataclysm and, and well after. I That I know for sure. Oh, well, I guess I don't know all, all that much to explain to you. Well, I guess, all right, so... Why, why are you a line ball? <sighs> because... I needed to go where I could do some good, and 
for a while there, I thought I wasn't going to be able to hear. Part of me was just drifting from thing to thing, but part of me was looking for some sort of purpose. And I think maybe I found it. Not easily, but a lot of people are getting hurt, and I think someone has to do something about it, and I think it might be us. I have met uh, a number of Severus magicians over my centuries, and the desire to do good is something that burned within the best of them. I understand now. Also, wait, why aren't you... You know what? I'm not even gonna... I was about to complain why you weren't stitching up the wounds for people, but then I'm like, wait a minute. I'm the best at this. (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't want to put you out of work, you know. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, we'll see you, Mr. Magic Man. Get out, get out of here. Get, right. out, get out of my, my hut. All right. Good talking to you, Mr. Fizz. Good talking to you, friend. Wow. Wow. I thought we had all already figured out Drinks was a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have definitely figured out Drix is a wizard, but you don't know the extent. That's true, that's true. I also think it's very funny that we are friends and so we have some home games going in addition to our podcast. Of the two games I am currently playing with Stefan, he is trying to deal with not telling my character things that she arguably should know in both of them. Yeah, but this guy's nicer about it. This guy is way nicer about it. He's a real dick in the other one. <laughs> this guy feels bad about it. This guy feels really bad about Metal feels well, metal bad, bad about yeah, it. Sure, He's sure. just, again, a huge dick about it. He's just a poor little meow meow. He's a sad little meow meow. A poor, pathetic little blorbo. A little blorbo. All right. The pub where your chits are good at is called the Lonesome Lark. There's a sad looking bird. On the little sign, it's drinking alone. Um, so here's what I think is happening. Kip is getting a cake and then just like dousing it with rum. I don't think he knows what a rum cake actually is. <laughs> oh no! This is gonna go great. Um, but yeah, the lonesome lark. It's probably actually not gonna taste that bad. It's just gonna be really uh, moist. Yeah, so this thing's an old-timey saloon. Uh, more reminiscent of Irondale and Thorn. It has its bar, but they've also got a lot of food going. The food's just sort of cooking. Not in plain view, plain view, but you can see it. We got raven and waffles. We got some grilled eel and little fried mushrooms. We got goat chops with a side of collard greens, of course. Each one of those comes with some cornbread with wasp honey and butter. I'll have some fried raven and waffles. That sounds good. The drinking age is not 14. We, we play fast and loose with drinking here, but we here at Ghosts on a Train usually don't have Andrel do underage drinking, so you just get some sweet tea. Hell yeah. Andrel doesn't like alcohol anyway, much <laughs> like I I don't like alcohol. <laughs> we did that bit back in episode, like, four or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like we revisited it a few times. But yeah. Yeah. Drix is going to get those corn thingies. What were they called again? Everything comes with cornbread that has wasp honey and butter. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. But there's gotcha. also, there's a, there's grilled eel with fried mushroom. There's goat, goat chops with collard greens. Grilled eel sounds And really then the good. raven and waffles. It's gonna be the goat chops with collard greens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Made from big old acarosi goats, which are like a normal goat from our world, but like the <laughs> almost the size of a cow. Nice. Oh, you know. It's been so long since I had some greens on a goat chop. Where'd we get the greens? 
Well, don't you worry, child. We get them over from the Radiant Energy Farm. An awful lot of lightning oil is failing on us these days on account of the shortage. But, um, you know, Radiance is going to keep on going. I hear tell that Radiant Energy is going to outlast the, the rest of this Earth, it is. Huh. Don't touch it, though. My cousin once, he ate a Radiant Mushroom and he died. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. It took him a month or so, though. He, he was able to tell everybody, I ate a Radiant Mushroom. We were like, you're crazy, man. And he was like, oh, listen, I'm fine. And he wasn't. Angel gives a, a very confused <laughs> thumbs up, as I am doing in real life. More sweet tea? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm please. sure we all have stories like that. I'm sure you got stories, man. I'm sure you got stories. He claps, he claps you on the shoulders. <laughs> can, what can I interest you in? Uh, sweet tea, bourbon? We got a brown ale. Okay, so um, I want you to get me a sweet tea, mix the bourbon with some rum, and put that inside of it. All right, sure thing, sure thing. And he goes get that going. Pip, do you arrive with your cake? <laughs> Pip arrives with the cake. Cake! Because this is rum, I think Pip actually just lights the cake on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, okay. Make sure to blow it out. The whole cake? Yep. Happy birthday. Ah. Oh, it's your birthday. Yeah. Ah, the whole, the whole. Lonesome likes it's good. Can someone? Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Can someone please put the cake happy, out? Happy, happy birthday. Oh. The one who blows it has to be you. What? Happy, happy birthday. You're gonna light it on fire. Happy, happy it's birthday. It's already on fire. <laughs> this building will be our funeral pyre if you don't hurry up and blow it. Hey, yeah. Andrew tries very hard to blow the cake out. <laughs> um, uh, eventually, eventually it burns off. <laughs> Amazing. Is there any cake left after? <laughs> yes, I mean, like, just the fumes on the alcohol burn. <laughs> yes, there is there is cake left. It's all, all, it's right. all nice and warm and good. Okay, yeah. that was exhilarating. Thank you, Pip. Yeah, I'll offer you something. Do something special to celebrate, you know, this is just a big year. Yeah, that's nice of you. Growing up, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you might be just a little bit taller for your age. Yeah, I hope so. Oh, I think I'm still growing. Guess I haven't measured in a while on account of having been on the train. We'll have to check that out at some point. Or <laughs> these days. We had a big wall in the orphanage where we put all the kids' heights. I was Aww. I was one of the tallest. Nice. Or at all. Probably do that well as I'm trying. Yeah. That would be fun. Although I don't know if I'm still growing. You're probably still growing. Probably. I guess it is supposed to go until until that thing happens. It'll only be you on the wall, so it'll be easy to identify. We could put you on the wall too. I feel like you keep slouching more and more <laughs> as time goes on. It's fair because then I'll be able to track my posture. Exactly. Yeah, you guys can meet in the middle, even. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. This is a very different birthday than all my other birthdays, but still good. Yeah, you, you gotta celebrate. Love that you're living, you know? Yeah, which is saying something. I know, right? You're tough as nails, though. Thank you. Not many would have made it this long. You saw it in general. Yeah. <laughs> Today's orphanage birthday. Uh, I told you guys what that means, right? It's when we celebrate everyone's birthday, because a lot of the kids don't know their birthdays. Wouldn't it be weird if your like, actual birthday was today, too? Yeah, it's not. That was several months ago. Wait. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I told you this already. It doesn't count until orphanage birthday. 
Oh, right, right. Yeah. I didn't remember that. But that means it's technically Jamie's birthday, too. So, I hope he's doing okay. And all the other kids, of course. I'm sure Jamie's gonna be alright. Well, let's eat this very hot cake. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's, ha- let's dig in. <laughs> Should, can I roll something to say, like, how good this cake oh, is? Oh, go for it. Sure. Roll 2d6. That is how we play this game. That is how we play this game. That is two five. Oh damn! Yeah, That's ten plus. Nice. Ten plus is pretty good. Yeah, this is excellent cake. <laughs> this this cake can choose to be two things, <laughs> two of three things that are good. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really good. It's just very soggy. I think that works with the ten. It's it's like a little overly moist. Yeah, it's good. It's warm. But it is not, not soggy. Yeah. It's like when you bite into a Trace Leche cupcake and you weren't expecting the juice. <laughs> <laughs> like the- <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Andrew, I- I've got some for you too, but we'll wait until nightfall, alright? Okay, that sounds exciting. So, how is the, uh, the cake in the orphanage? Just a curiosity. Oh, we usually just went dumpster diving behind the bakeries. Which, honestly, they throw out a lot of perfectly good cake. Yeah, no, they they do. Yeah, so, like, not bad. This one's better. It's warm. But not bad. Drix leads you guys just outside of the town to kind of a small area that seems fairly unassuming with a stump. This is a great gift, Drix. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, just uh, not 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 giving it even a moment, oh, are you? I mean, <laughs> Drix reaches into his vest and pulls out his cowboy hat with stars all over it, plops it onto your head, and go- says, "Go stand on the stump." Okay. Andrew goes and stands on the stump. Fireflies start to fly upwards from around the stump, lighting the night and dancing in little patterns. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> Yeah, I used to come out here as a kid. Figured you'd like the view. It's wonderful. I've never seen bugs like this before. What are they? They're called lightning bugs, but um, probably not made of lightning oil. Who knows, really? Oh, I hope not. (laughs) They are very trusting bugs. Some of them start to uh, crawl around on the brim of the hat. When they light up, you notice the stars and moons on the cowboy hat reflecting, and you could eventually coax them onto your arm and or hands. Yeah, she definitely has a ball with it. I have seen fireflies. She's definitely doing the thing you do when you're a kid where you try and grab a couple in your little hands. <laughs> As one does. Happy birthday, little spurs. You gotta take the joy where you can get it. Thanks. To both of you. This is really great. One flies up Pip's nose. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Pip, spit it out! Pip, spit it out! You can see the light coming out of his ears. <laughs> Did it go through your brain? Uh, I think this is just called Pip. <laughs> Pip does a deep inhale to try and, like, shoot it out of his nose, and then, like, sucks it in and just starts coughing. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I think I think with that. Okay, side jobs. We here at Ghost on a Train would like to take a moment to bring you a message from our friends at Gather the Suspects, another podcast from the Faustian Nonsense Network. In a horror movie, this would be the moment the killer jumps out 
shush. That's not going to happen. Hi, I'm Jonathan Evans, creator of cosy murder mystery comedy, Gather the Suspects. Our show is a traditional locked room, closed circle of suspects style murder mystery in the tradition of Agatha Christie. Instead of luxury manor houses, it's set in a faded apartment block in near future ways. Oh, and it's quite silly too. It's time for the dinner no more. The dinner no more. Dinner, dinner no more. The dinner more? Yeah, that. Our first series, available wherever you get your podcasts, has been downloaded over 20,000 times and was even a finalist for two Audioverse Awards in our first year. We're looking to bring an even bigger mystery to your ears for season two, but we need your help. Making a traditional whodunit requires quite a large cast of characters to keep listeners guessing right up until that final reveal. Really, I don't have time for your games. If I want to listen to a bunch of kids playing dress-up, I'd go visit my grandchildren. I'm going to have to ask you to... Mr Hampson, I believe that it was you who murdered Dan Harris. We're looking for your help to pay our incredibly talented group of voice actors and audio designers to bring our most ambitious series yet to life. We have a range of great rewards on offer to our backers, including invites to the grand premiere of season two, the chance to attend one of our live recording sessions, and even getting to name a character in an upcoming episode. So check out our story and rewards below and find out how you can help us make season two of Gather the Suspects a reality. Well, that was fun. So first, Drix heads off the next day to the unpaid Meyer Michter Proctor Prichter whatever the hell you made up training program <laughs> because he got a uh what is it like a four-star review or something like that um and, and <gasps> if you give somebody other than fi- anything other than five stars they're gonna have to deal, deal with some stupid bullshit some stupid training don't do it Drix truly as punishment Stefan had to spend a chit on it it's really boring. Uh, he does icebreakers. There's no complications. We're not even going to see it. It's so boring. <laughs> Please, something explode or break. Give me an enemy. Nope, it all goes, it all goes normally. Cruel. <laughs> and um, Pip, Virgil Fairplay, the Scoplander artist. From Thorn. You've answered an ad for Virgil Fairplay, who needs strong hands and blank minds like blank canvas to help bottle uh, some new spirits for uh, a function happening. Head to the local distillery here in Caulfield to find uh, a young woman who's very happy to see you. Hello there, honey. Are you, uh, you're, you're McKeel? The line bowl? It's, it's me. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You're you're here for Virgil Fairplay's uh, gig, presumably. That's great. That's great. You know, uh, funny uh, a line ball should come here and answer the ad because a while back, uh, this here distillery uh, well it exploded during a, a robbery attempt, and uh, the guy what the, the the guy what uh, I don't know helped with it or caused it. He ran off to be a line ball. Wonder wonder where Adric is these days. Pip starts like openly <laughs> weeping. What? What a waste of good liquor. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, but but nobody, nobody died. If I ever find the one responsible for this, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'll do. 
<laughs> well, we, we haven't seen Adric since. That's all I can tell you. And, and the other perpetrators are, are in jail. Oh, so what, what do you need from me? So we've got a conveyor belt. We kind of got it on a, a tricky little setting on the kind of how little lightning oil we have. So uh, it costs an awful lot to stop and start it. So you're just going to have to uh, start labeling these bottles for Virgil Fairplay according to his little code while they sort of go. And again, we can't stop them on account of the lightning oil shortage. Think you can handle that? Yeah. This <laughs> is... Uh. I cannot wait for this I Love Lucy bullshit. It is right. very good. Bip, what are you employing to label these? So, this feels like to me the irony that I could have taken a plus one for it, but uh, this feels like finesse. I'm literally just like, hell yeah, hell yeah, do it. Get them as they go. If only I had done this before going to the <laughs> Physicra, I'd have a plus one. New strat, don't go to the Physicra. <laughs> Irony. Go to the Physicra after doing the job. <laughs> Calculated. That is actually a ten. Hell yeah. Wow. So what's the one that you don't want to do? I think the one thing that I don't do is... This is, like, stylishly. Okay. It's just like, I get it done. Do it quickly without trouble, compromise, or cost. Yeah. Yeah. Pip is a machine, but because of that, everything just looks kind of... There's nothing particularly spectacular about it. Like, labels are on the bottles. Yep. You slap in those labels onto the bottles. Everything's going perfectly. One bottle comes by, and it has a rat in it. <laughs> uh, Whatever you want to do, you'll be able to do it, because you did your roll good. But, like, what are you, what are you doing about this rat? Uh, the rat is in the bottle. In the bottle. Is it a live rat? Can I tell? It's a live rat. His, does it seem like this is part of, like, the code? <laughs> this, the, you don't think the rat should be in there. Okay, Pip is, Pip is gonna just, like, take the bottle and just, like, put it to the side. Just like, I'm gonna deal with this later. We can worry about yeah, it yeah. later! A couple, a couple more, and then there's a bottle with two rats in it. And so on. A couple more later, there's another bottle of three rats, and it goes to four. Uh, and then to the maximum, there's a bottle that's entirely rats at one point. You set them aside. Uh, as you're finishing up labeling, there is a shattering noise as the bottles are pulled together, as the rats inside entwine their tails and their eyes go milky white as they form the king of rats. You, you really gotta stop, like doing this while I'm working on something is very distracting. Oh, purified! Pippin McKeelan cannot wait! The cruel spirit crowl is after you! We came here to warn you! D yeah, I, I know. I'm acutely aware. Well, there's only a matter of time. Have you secured a slaughterhouse's worth of rats for us? <laughs> Remember, do you forget Pippin McKeel? If you get us a slaughterhouse's worth of rats, then I, the king of rats, will be able to access the memories of the very same rats that this cruel crowl said would be the only ones who remembered the Wilbur McKeels. Oh, Purified, we know you're different, but we, we can't remember. Uh, listen, I've been working. It's, it's been hard. I, I don't think this is quite enough, but like, I'm, I'm working on it. Alright, just, you know, be careful. He's on your ass. Thanks, it's very, very helpful. Are you supposed to be here? Or did, 
did someone put you guys in in bottles deliberately, or did you just kind of end up that well, way? Well, I realized that were I to arrive in my full form, that I would not be able to uh, make myself known. So I very carefully put these rats into these bottles, so that way we could speak to you without being noticed. It's, it's, it's pretty noticeable, because I have to take this off the line, you know? Well, all right then, Pippin McKeel. Next time we try to warn you that your life's in danger, we'll, we'll pause and think of its convenience. My normal state of employment puts my life in danger on a regular basis. It's not really anything new. I appreciate it, but it's kind of like saying, hey, this, I don't have a good end of this metaphor. We understand, Pippin McKeel. We are sorry for raising our voices. It's just we were kind of excited about being the slaughterhouse's worth of rats because that's a lot of rats and that that's got to be cool, huh? I wanna I wanna be that. Sure. Could you imagine if I were this? And the rats start to stand on their hind legs and then are immediately swatted down by uh, a broom uh, as the the young woman uh, begins uh, whacking the crap out of the king of rats, scattering the rats. Whoa, whoa! Get the hell out of here! How did all these rats show up? There were a bunch, like, in bottles, so I took them off the line and just kind of set them aside. I wasn't sure if they were supposed to be like that. If you want me to do anything with them, I figured I'd ask the next time it came around and you're here now, so what, what do you want me to do with them? That's a, that's a good call there. Once you're done bottling those, uh, here's here's the cart for you to uh, deliver them to the venue. Oh, all right. Sure. Okay. Edlin Helliers, the Severosi doctor. Last saw him in Irondale. But he has actually made an appearance here in Cullfields. He meets up with you, Andrew. Well, if it isn't my favorite, my favorite line bowl. Hi, Edlin. Dr. Edlin. Well, technically Dr. Helliers, but don't worry, don't worry. I heard that you turn 14 today. I have no idea how everyone has heard about this. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Apparently Candace got your records. Oh. From the orphanage. Did you think she, like, abducted you? Kinda. I also didn't think the orphanage kept records, to be honest. I thought they just were like, ah, we've got a bunch of children. (laughs) Well, either way, my understanding is that this is sort of like an orphan day situation. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not your real birthday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a common practice in orphanages throughout the Imperium. Yeah, figures. (laughs) I just figured um, I would show up myself. I know the person who owns this stable. They got a lightning oil shortage here, so it's all by gas lamps. So we're going to have to be very careful. We're keeping the lamps close to the door as possible. Don't want to hurt any horses if one of them kicks or gets too rowdy. Listen, you're good to ride, but uh, (laughs) I'm going to admit that I'm not the most prepared for the actual job for this one. Is there anything for, like, putting horses to bed? (laughs) Not really. Um, If it's cold, well, it's not cold. We're in Severus. It could be cold. It's not like it's not like there's there's a lack of electrified heating in Severos, and it does get a little chilly. If it's cold, you have to like the outdoor horses have to like come in to be in their stalls, yeah, and they have yeah. to make sure all their blankets are right and that no one got hurt while they were fucking around outside. So yeah, I think they're gonna want you to uh, bring some of the outdoor horses in. Okie doke. I would like to finesse that. Bringing horses inside is a lot of, like, you have to, like, stand inside the gate with the halter and hold out your hand and be like, come here. 
Gabby. Okay, go uh, for it. And then get the goddamn halters on their goddamn little heads and all that. That's a 10 total. Okay, what's the one you don't want to do? Quickly. Yeah, it takes some time. and uh, I don't know how one brings horses inside stylishly, impressively, or to greater effect. The horses are super into you. Actually. Aww. That's what it is. These Yay. horses, these horses, like they're still horses, so it takes a while because they're goofing. Yeah. Um, they let you put the, the halter on them. Easy. By the time you uh, bring them all in, though, the gas lamps are, are running low, so you just need to replace some of them. One horse you see, you see from one stable that's in a particularly dark corner. Its tail is swishing around and uh, hitting another horse in the stable next to it. And that horse is getting annoyed. You're going to do the noise again. <laughs> the horse is getting a little little rowdy now. Okay, yeah. It's, getting, it's getting annoyed. I'll come, like, 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 try and get the horse distracted. The one that's flicking its tail. It's not responding to you. It's just... <laughs> Oh, is this some ghost shit? As you you approach. Can I do an insight? Sure, sure, sure. I have a plus one insight now. Uh, which is an eight. So, I don't know. I just wanted the one question. What's going on here? The horse doesn't seem to be moving its tail. Something else is moving its tail. And it's swishing near you. (laughs) Oh, I hate this. It feels like it's almost beckoning you, taunting you. Uh, I guess I'll go in the direction of the tail? It's swooping directly towards you. Okay, I'm going, I'm going. As you're close enough that you could touch it, it starts slapping all over the place. Left to right, left to right, occasionally bopping you in the face. Stop that! The shoulder. Stop that! Um, I believe I get a second question because I'm sly. Yep. How can I get it to stop? Well... Uh, the tail's whipping around. It looks like you'd catch it with your hands. I will catch it with my hands. You catch it. It moves a little bit, but you hold on tight. You hear some clapping from inside the, the stall. Uh, it's dark. Um, oh my god, the horse has hands. <laughs> it's dark, but from under the horse, a unusually round human head pops up. It's got big eyes and no nose, and it goes, Best Salsa Dancer of 86! Fatty Jerry! You again! <laughs> Go! <laughs> I hate this. I knew it. You caught the cat toy. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> I knew it. The creature goes out to give you a little little pet. Yeah, I'll just fucking let it at this point. <laughs> Ooh, seashells by the seashore. Seashells, she sells, she sells. I thought you lived in the other place. <laughs> Pretty fatty Jerry. Oh my god. <laughs> and then you see, uh, even though it's all spectrally like a spirit, it weirdly uh, puts one too tall leg up over the stall door, over the other, like it just steps off, and then it goes, oh, pretty fatty Jerry. Can you get away from the horses? <laughs> it nods. Friday feeling. Yeah, and just okay. leaves, walks off into the night. Bye. <laughs> I should probably try and figure out what this is at some point i'm not sure i want to crack this one wide open it seems like a lot (laughs) next job
<laughs> the next job. Stop giggling. It the does next... seem like a lot. A lot, a lot. The next job, Drix, uh, after the, the day or so of completely boring Meyer Michter training, unpaid, where nothing, nothing crazy happens. You now have a notebook full of uh, affirmative statements and um, weaknesses you've identified uh, and, and credos that you've made. This is probably going to make some good, good kindling. Fuck this notebook. <sighs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, where's the nearest trash can? The nearest trash can is by where you get your next job. Ha ha! As you meet one Juno Shilmore. Which is a, a real name that the Blades in the Dark name generator gave me. <laughs> you applied for a job at a forge. Uh, that's your understanding. You, it was like the job is like you're going to mm-hmm. need like, some experience with blacksmith tools. Wanted, you know, able to tolerate high temperatures due to the forge. Uh, must be able to bench at least 100 pounds. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All doable. All doable. You show up, and instead you're outside of uh, what looks like a club. It says, quench your thirst. And the sign is some tongs dipping a cup into some water, but the cup's got one of those fun little umbrellas on it. Well, this is weird. Juno Shilmore, he is a Severosi with a fucking big old frohawk, motions you in. I think you're the, the newest hot thing for us, right? Uh... Hold on, let me just look at this ad real quick. <laughs> Hot thing. Well, I figured that meant something like I was going to be striking irons, but I guess so. Um, That's what you're going to be. You're going to be striking irons, and we're going to be making lots of fucking money. You're great. You're looking great. Better than I thought. It's interesting way of freezing, man. So, okay, let me get this straight. I thought I was taking a forge job. Uh, you are, you this... are. Come on down, come on down. Walk this way. Uh, okay. You know, I'll answer all your fucking questions. Cool, cool it, cool it. Hey, hey, I mean... You're gonna have to keep it cool, because it's gonna get hot down there. And you, you show up at this big club by the bar. There is uh, a big forge. A couple big forges. It's still kind of a long bar, maybe just two. But behind the bar are some shirtless folks. There's, like, like one shirtless dude, a shirtless woman... And a couple of people are like turned around because they're just like working. Everybody's kind of sweaty, but especially the people behind the bar. So I'm gonna need to be shirtless, isn't that? Uh, that's that's the vibe I'm getting. Yes, yes, you will be. People come in here to quench their thirst. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. At that moment, the, the woman you saw picks up some tongs uh, and picks a cup out of what looks like. Okay, so so when you cast something, when you cast mm-hmm. something in iron, the metal also usually comes in like a weird cup thing that doesn't melt in that heat. The woman uh, picks up said cup and rather than pour something out of it, actually just quenches it into some water, picks it up, pours the water out, and then begins pouring alcohol into this like cooling hot cup. Amazing. <sighs> It's, it's set in front of a customer, and there's a straw placed in it. Now that is a novel concept. Exactly, partner, exactly. Don't worry, you don't have to do nothing. I wasn't lying to you. This is not a secret bordello. We don't have no champagne room, all right? But the important thing here is, you're going to be some hot stuff, serving some hot stuff, next to some hot stuff, 
and people are gonna come in here and you're gonna quench those cups and quench their thirst. Think you can do that for me, part? I think I can do that. So hot stuff. Okay, look at you. Take that tarp. Take that tarp off. Take that tarp off. <laughs> <clears throat> all right, all right. And uh, Drix unbuttons his shirt and like whips it off. Oh, yeah. I'm, I I do have one condition. Uh, the hat stays on. You see uh, his eyes go wide and he says, "Yes, that'll do it for him." <laughs> um, uh, just just to uh, so in ghost lines they have a thing where you can roll like an occupation for an, a hiring NPC and a, an attribute an attribute to describe them this is an uncouth shopkeeper uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, yeah yeah and he says alright 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 listen you go shadow pomace over there points to uh, the guy you saw. He's kind of like um, waifish, uh, young Akarosi man. You can man. say he's a twink. He's a twink. Yeah. Uh, no hair on his body. <laughs> Thomas will show you the ropes. I gotta go talk to uh, my other big hire of the day. And he uh, heads towards the front of the establishment where Andrew Anderson is standing having answered an ad for a bouncer. Youthful. Uh, a youthful looking bouncer. <laughs> Say Andrew looks youthful. Severo C Man with the Frohawk shows up, sees you, and says, Oh my, you're a little tall for your age, aren't you? Yes, I am. Thank you for noticing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it won't be a problem because you look pretty, you're, you're 14, right? Yeah. You know, back in the olden days, they used to be adulthood, but it's not anymore, okay? You're not an adult, you're a child. Oh, oh I know. I just want to prepare you for, what's, for what you need to do. Okay. Now, this here is Quench Your Thirst. This is my, my establishment. Sure. People come here too. What do you think? Quench their thirst. Quench their thirst. Yeah. Now, do you understand? Would you believe me if I told you that that is a, a double entendre? Um, I think I saw the word entendre in the dictionary mm-hmm, once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Sure. I don't know what it's an entendre for. Well, you see, quenching is a process by which you uh, cool metal while you're forging. Okay. Yeah. Quenching is also what people do when they drink, right? Yeah. Now, what if I told you I've got a, I've got a whole nother entendre in there. What? I've upped the entendre. That's a lot of entendre. Thirst. Thirst. Gotta be real. I gotta ask you. Are you sweet on anybody yet? Um, uh, no. All right. That's very good. That's very good. Now, <laughs> a lot of people get a little sweet, get a little hard eyes around my, uh, my bartenders. And I want that. But I want that to translate into them buying more drinks and paying more money to gawk at them. Okay. If any of them try to get handsome, if any of them start getting weird, you got to come in as a bouncer. I got a badge for you. Let me put this badge on. Oh, oh, wow. That is a badge. Don't you worry. Most of the bartenders, every single one of them can bench at least 100 pounds so they can handle themselves. Oh. But they shouldn't have to. So what you're going to do, you're going to go over there and you you just need to make sure anybody who starts to get weird and handsy to any of the, any of my bartenders, you got to scold them. Scold them. Scold them. Like, just be like, don't do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're a child. They're going to feel real bad. What if they just continue doing it? Oh. Well, that's when my bartenders will take it from there. Okay. I'm not going to lie. This is a, this is one of the weirder jobs I've taken. Oh, you don't know the half of it. Come on down. Okay. And you keep that tarp on. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what... Okay. Uh, Andrew, Andrew soon knows what he means when you walk in and you see all of the bartenders. None of them are wearing anything above the waist. Oh my god. Folks, at bartenders of all genders, in the haze, you see one particularly large man with a cowboy hat. Oh my god. And you think maybe it's Drix, but it couldn't be Drix. Why would Drix be here? Why would Drix be here? But it is. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, hi, Andrew. Hi, Drix. Can we not talk more than this? <laughs> oh, uh... Oh, oh, okay. Uh, so, sorry. No, it's fine. I just, uh, this is weird. I'm gonna go over there. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, uh, Andrew, uh, steps away. Uh, after some time, Pomus, uh, shows you the ropes and leads you to it. Uh, they actually don't serve a very big variety of drinks here, because there are only so many drinks that would, like, taste good in these hot fucking cups. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So it's really mostly about being careful. So, Drix, go ahead and, and roll me whatever you think uh, you would roll to quench some thirst here. <laughs> it's gonna be a finesse roll. Finesse roll. Ah, that would be a 10 plus 2. We got us a 12, baby. Oh, easy. You do all three quickly without trouble, compromise, or cost into greater effect. Okay, you are a hit. You are a hit, my man. Yeah, you're sliding these things around. You're like double tonging it at one point in time. You're like stacking cups. You're like shaking it with the two tongs, really showing off those pectorals. Yeah, you start getting uh, a lot of attention. You're fully pulling a lot of uh, the attention that Pomus used to be getting, but not all of it. Pomus is trying to uh, work, going back and forth, wiping some sweat off his brow. Theoretically, he could bench 100 pounds, probably be with some great effort. And, Andrel, you hear a smack noise. Oh! As the customer slaps Pomus on the butt. Oh, boy. Pomus shakes a little bit, holding the hot cup with the tongs. Oh, so it was a hard slap. Okay, <laughs> Andrel's gonna go over there and be like, Hey, you're not supposed to do that! Normally I try and do things with finesse, as, as you know, but I don't think she's got the mental energy, so we're just gonna make this a force roll. <laughs> That's a seven. Harm will be translated to, I guess, like, uh, verbal. I don't know. Verbal yeah. harm. What do you want? Do you want to inflict great harm? Like, do you want to, like, really get this guy? Do you want to suffer a little harm in return? Uh, he's, like, too cowed to respond to you? Or- I, I would like to create an opportunity for Pavel to get out of there. So the guy turns around. I'm not supposed to do... All right. Tell it to be straight. You're, like, a really short lady. What? Or are you actually a child? I'm I'm a, I'm actually a child. Why? Why am I a child? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> no, not why are you a child? As you're saying this, why um, are you a child? You see behind you, Thomas like begins to uh, you know set set the drink and uh, starts motioning for another bartender. <laughs> um, no, I mean like why are you a child talking to me? B- bouncer badge. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. I've I've never been so confused in my life. Also, I'm having a lot of weird feelings. There are lots of I there are, I have boobs, but they don't look like that. Well, I don't want to know what they look like. You're a kid. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot go Can you just can you just go? Can you just put us both out of our misery here and go? I just wanted to talk to that, that young man. Well, he's busy. Uh, also, you, you don't have to pat people on the butt to talk, talk you know when he gets to off? them. No? Why would I know that? Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. I have authority over you. Get out of here. The guy, like, stands up and starts to, to leave. That's my girl. You watch him get out, and turning back to where Pomus was, there is a shirtless woman bartender with a bob. And she looks and watches him leave. Uh, she says, "Wow, you really told him off, didn't you?" Uh, um, yes, I, I did. I did. I did do that. 
Yes. Normally I gotta stand up for uh, my buddy Pomus over there. He's really, really meek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrel, Andrel. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is not a visual medium. I just did some great acting, though. Of- <laughs> I was I was about to call it out myself, just like me <laughs> <laughs> specifically looking up in a way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andrel is nodding, trying to look anywhere but at this woman's tits. I think she starts to catch on. Oh. Must be kind of weird for you, huh? And she like she does like cover up with an arm. Yeah, no, it's I yeah, <laughs> good, good, yeah, good, good job. You're you're doing great. You too. What's your name? Angel. Good job, Angel. Thanks. I'm gonna tell Juno that uh he should really stop hiring kids without yeah. fully briefing them on this. I feel like that would be good, maybe. Uh, you want some juice or something? We, like, have it in the back. I would love juice. Turns around, grabs some juice. You just see her her back as she, like, works the tongs. Oh, uh, my and, God. Like, keeps it up in the, the forge. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, I'm starting to think this is definitely something. <laughs> Being 14 is crazy. <laughs> Meanwhile... <laughs> Meanwhile, not the very same night uh, that Pip talks to uh, the King of Rats. So much has happened. But after an extended period of bottling and, and packing up an oak cart for this distillery, for Virgil Fairplay, and at a time that just happens to align with right now, Pip, the woman says, um, I think you're just about packed up there, pard. It's called Quench Your Thirst. That's the place. Um, if you, oh can, uh, you can just bring all these bottles over. Virgil says they're supposed to uh, they're supposed to do funny stuff when they get hot. <laughs> All right. Are there any like gimmicks I should know about? Because like just being called Quench Your Thirst seems kind of you know basic, I guess. Oh, sweetheart, yeah. There's a there's a gimmick. <laughs> there's a gimmick. They got they got forges back there, and they 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 heat the cup up. Oh, so it's. it's- so it's, it's, it's the dude, the quenching is off. Yeah, see, yeah. Okay. They all, they all, everybody's supposed to be like a hot bartender. Like, obviously, or no, is that a hot, like a hot, a hot blacksmith bartender? Obviously, none of them were actually doing any smithing. And they're, they're probably not letting those cups get real hot, but you know, it's just supposed to be like, oh, they're all sweaty. And then when they quench it, the steam comes up and gets on them. Right. Uh, okay. Real meat market, as my mommy used to say. Horrifying. All right. <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> what do you think you roll to successfully escort this cart full of bottles to quench your thirst? Uh, I'm gonna say it's steel because it's mostly like Pip trying to like not get distracted by the thoughts of all of these these hot Smith bartenders. All right, all right. That is a nine plus two. That is an eleven. That's great. We forgot to do the one thing that you wouldn't do, but it's fine. You already got a ten plus. You do none of them. I mean, I was gonna say panic, disengage your flesh. <laughs> For the other one, I'm just like getting just like, uh, I have to go. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. So what do you think? What do you think? I'm just gonna drop off at the front door, or there's like a side entrance that says loading. You uh, know, the funniest option is if we all have to make awkward eye contact. Yes. So the front door. <laughs> <laughs> you you wheel over to the front door. Andrel, you need to be up there as the bouncer. Yeah. Delivery! Hi, Pep! Oh, hey, Andrel. Is this, is this what they're having you do now? It appears this is what they're having me do now, yes. You hear cheers from inside, like, whoa! Yeah! 
Jax is here too. He's killing it. He's? That's what Strix doing. Levax too. Uh, What's Strix doing right now? Everybody loves it. Strix has a row of like hot cups that he's placed down and he's like going <laughs> along the rims of them. <laughs> what isn't Strix doing? I'm just gonna just gonna scroll up to see the uh, the Drix artwork, which is how I'm imagining this is going. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the fireman Drix artwork. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it was prophetic. I have questions and a delivery, but mostly a delivery. Uh, Severosi with a frohawk sees you halfway. Is that Virgil Fairplay's load? Yeah, it's. Oh, Odrian! Why don't you go ahead and help that young man and our young lady uh, carry it over? And you see the woman with the bob puts tongs down and walks over. Pip, you can't help but notice that she is not wearing anything above the waist. She walks over to uh, help lift things out of the cart. (laughs) Upon seeing Andrew, she does awkwardly try to cover up a little bit. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's, I mean, it's it's nothing for me. You know, I can, you know, me and and this guy can take it. Okay. Pick it up. You don't have to. Thanks. Oh, tips are good at least. (laughs) Oh, they're great. (laughs) I'm sure. I work here once a week, twice maybe, if it's a lean one. (laughs) Sounds fair. All right. Yep. Um, g- goodness. Uh, yeah, where, where do you want these? You carry them off to the back. <laughs> Pip is like staring at the floor the whole time, just like. And this is like really when I've become Redgate and Wolf. <laughs> this isn't like a common thing for us. It's a little out of character for us, but I don't know if, if anybody here listens to Redgate and Wolf. We had a promo for them once, and that's a horny fucking podcast. <laughs> Those, like, let me just tell you, I don't know if any of them are listening or any of their fans are listening, but um, those those three friends sure be horny. <laughs> yeah, this particular group, you and Stefan are both pretty horny, like, as As people. a bit. Yeah. As a bit, at least. But then Guy and I are very much not horny, even as a bit, and it kind of, like, we've got, we've got half- it just doesn't doesn't come up a lot. It kind of evens out, I think. It doesn't come up yeah. a lot. That's also probably why I decided to play a child and Guy decided <laughs> to play <laughs> the least attractive man ever to walk the earth. Yeah, you decided to play a child and I decided to play a bastard. Yes. Not in the, like, he doesn't know his father, just, like, in the terrible human being. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, someone out there would find Pip fuckable, though. That's their problem at that point. It's not the bastard thing that makes him unfuckable either, though. Like, people love fucking bastards. Oh, absolutely. Bastards get it. He just also looks terrible. (laughs) (laughs) He looks terrible. He is terrible. It's just, it's... It is perfect. It's great. Can I interest you all in quick side job rolls? Sure, sure. Stables. uh, So that'll be a four. Sick. Um, and that's a two for, for Bouncer, okay. which feels appropriate. That's all just working the job and a rumor. <laughs> I rolled the four. Uh, it's plus one or plus two for, uh, the 12. I don't 12? Remember. That's a plus two, baby. But. So I'll tell you what. 
Is it a, do you want like another plus two stash and tips, uh, oh plus one God. favor, or uh, a no, new ghost job? Plus two stash and is the funniest option there. Absolutely, but I, I think I've got a way to make plus one favor fairly uh, fairly funny as well. <laughs> oh my God! Uh, yeah, yeah. If the plus one favorites. <laughs> When when Drix is picking uh is picking bills out of his pants, he finds a business card. <laughs> oh my god. Finds a business card uh for for Geist. Incredible. <laughs> for Geist <laughs> Alright. I am at forty stash, everybody. I'm pretty loaded for a fourteen year old. Oh sick. Bet. Forty stash. Nice. I'm at 35. Oh, wait. That means that you, uh, oh, actually, you're you're still in the modest. Oh, okay. You're you're at the, you're one off. We're reaching the upper bounds of, like, the the Ghost Lines high score, which makes sense, because we've actually gone, we're pretty far in. Yeah. Yep. As far as that mattering. I'm going to roll quickly for your rumor. Uh, Guy, do you want to go ahead and roll your two, what's your two rolls for your distillery? Uh, I had a 10 and an 11. Okay, so, yeah, did you see that die? That was this insane. Guy, yeah, Greg uh, is Greg and I are using uh, these like cool wooden dice that I got him for his birthday. They've got like rounded edges, so they roll Ooh. around uh, just a and they're wood, ton. so they're light. Yeah, I also need to roll this again. Huh. Love that. But um, okay, that's a plus one for uh, both of your rolls, guy. All right. So, whoops. I I got a four total on one and a two on the other. Oh, that's exactly what I got. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be bad if I just said you guys got the same rumor. Yeah, we all were in the same place tonight. Yeah, yeah. I think as you as you are uh, yeah. uh, leaving for the night, Pomus and Odrian are getting ready to leave. They have clothes on now. Pomus uh, sees Drix and is like. Man, uh, he really, he really kicked my ass tonight, huh? Shit. The student has become the master, it seems. You were having an off night. It happens to everyone, and beginner's luck, you know? I'll say. Hey, uh, thanks a lot, little kid. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. My name is Andrew, though. Yeah, she's 14. Is that alright if I call you Little Spurs? <gasps> did he tell you that, or did you come up with that yourself? It's the thing we say here in Severus. It is? Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, yes. Little Spurs is fine. I, do, you know, I mean, I know you're Ruvian, right? Yeah, so. I am. Oh, yeah. All right. Thanks a bunch, Little Spurs. You're welcome. I saw that you intercepted for me, but, um, you know, I sort of beat feed. Odrian tells me that you handled that guy all by yourself. I, I, I went and ran and got her, uh, and Odrian chuckles a bit. Andril's a big girl. She's got it. Maybe maybe Pip is like heading out with the cart at this point, and Odrian uh, is like, "Oh, hey, uh, well, I got y'all here. Y'all are lion bulls, right? Normally we would get fit folks like you, and I couldn't help but notice on uh, that one's clothes in the back. He had a badge. Yeah, you should uh, be on the lookout. Yeah. Apparently, uh, spirit cultists have been uh, smuggling ghosts in and around the city, but not in bottles, in people." Ooh. People that let themselves get possessed. Well, that's wild. Now, they say it's just spirit cultists, but, um, listen, anybody nefarious can do it. All sorts of scoundrels do that. You just gotta be careful. Yep, we'll keep a lookout. 
And I, I know you guys can handle it, but uh, don't want nothing catching anybody by surprise. Yeah. Thomas uh, is like, Odrin's is saying that because she was worried that you were like uh, a guy possessed because you were acting so weird around her. I'm not. I'm, uh, no, not you. That guy. No. Pointing to Pip. Oh, okay. Yeah, that tracks. No, he's just like that. Yeah, no, I just. This was maybe an entendre too far from what I was expecting. Yeah, it's not for everybody, but I, I only work here once a week, twice if it's lean. Yeah. <laughs> and he and Adrienne laugh and they uh, start to walk off. I feel like I've learned some things tonight, Pip. I feel like I learned some things that I didn't need to know about. That's fair. Do you want some liquor? So I think we could both deal with forgetting this one. Liquor tastes really bad. It's not about the taste. It's about the purpose. Drix comes up still mostly shirtless. <laughs> hey guys, wasn't that night great? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Let's go back to the train. Put a shit on before you poke someone's eye out. <laughs> I mean, it's mostly on. It's just not buttoned up. That's not mostly on. <laughs> Yee, indeed. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll catch up to you guys. Adric Belial, the uh, Severosi magician of the Arcane Fortress of Belial, makes way to here within the city limits, the lightning barrier of Coalfield, to the site of the ancient font of Stavrul, a mystical pool of water that many, many centuries ago, before the cataclysm, a thousand years prior could be used to travel between similar pools of water all over Severus. Now, after the tectonic shift, the font of Stavril is lost to all travelers who seek to see it. However, there's a single crank water pump in a strangely abandoned farm in Water Trough. Drix, you know what to do. Drix makes his way inside the farm into the trough. Before starting to crank the water, he pulls the cowboy wizard hat that he placed on Andrew earlier out of his jacket and replaces the hat on his head with it. He begins to crank, causing the water to spout out and fill the trough, just enough that, like, I covered the basin. And then he looks into it, uh, hello? In response to the uh, wizard cowboy hat, the trough of water, which uh, up until now reflected the night sky above Drake's, now reflects a night sky elsewhere. A reflection in the water that is not Drake's, but bears something of a resemblance. Pops up with a similar wizard cowboy hat, uh, but full, like a full wizard rope regalia. One loose sleeve showing a, a lost left arm turns and says, Howdy party, who's calling? Drix? <laughs> Adric, is that you? Yeah, hey Tegan. Oh man, you you, you done sprouted up like crazy. And you got some nerve. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, we will find out what exactly that is up with that next time on Ghosts on a Train. <laughs> Yay! Thank you for sitting through this uh, very long, very steamy... <laughs> On a train. <laughs> and I say steamy mostly really. Like, really, there was a lot of steam theoretically. <laughs> there was a whole lot of steam. Theoretically. Uh, thanks a bunch to you guys playing and also you guys listening. Bye! Bye. See ya! Rhino Plus Ball is now arriving. 
please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. Music by Sebastian Black and TJ Woods. Our cover art is by Yoshiko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were... Andrew Anderson, badge name Dunville, played by me, Hannah Levin. Adric, a.k.a. Drix, badge name Colburn, played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin, Pip, McKeel, badge name McKeel, played by me, Guys Webel. And I have been your conductor, Greg Karobus. For bonus content, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. Your support will help our podcast, as well as the others on the network. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train and i'll have candace bring them to the line bowls thank you for riding with us and please consider traveling with us again next time this program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like just like yours 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 yours. faustian nonsense thanks you for your patronage just like yours